Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, 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 I couldn't hear it. I didn't have my headphones on, I'll be honest with you. I walked in here four seconds ago, and I was talking to Rocchio. And he said they talked about Christmas songs on the opening drive. I'm dreaming of... Oh my God, you can't sing. No. Oh, was it that funny, Rock? Jackson wants to fight Rocchio. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You're picking on the wrong guys here. Pick on me. Pick on on Tanner. I like a challenge. Pick on Rivers and Kerry Davis and Rockio. Yeah, who wants it next? Don't <laughs> no, side eye me, right? Yeah, he's side eyeing me. He wants it. Man, now you're going to your your management team. I don't know. I think it's a bad idea, Jeans. <laughs> Darren Pang's gonna join us at ten thirty if I didn't already say it. I don't know. I don't know. Uh Blues lose last night, Jackson, to the crack. And I'm not that, you know, Jeremy Rutherford was with us at nine o'clock on TMA. I kind of expected it, to be honest with you, if I were wagering, if I were a masochist, I probably would have thrown a unit mm. on the Kraken last night. Yeah. Kind of having, you know, what Curbs told us about the, the icing situation in Vancouver, and then they get in at 4.30. Third back-to-back game. Yeah, three since the past uh, Sunday against the Avalanche, Monday against the Predators, Thursday against the Oilers, Friday against the Flames, Sunday you beat, uh, or Monday you beat the Canucks, Tuesday you play off the Kraken. It's just too much. It's Kraken too are a hot much. bunch, you know. So that, that's where I would have gone. So I'm not that worried. Maybe people are worked up about it. I don't know. I'll tell you what. Here's CN Media. Always I'm not. Been. So last week, in a surprise, in a rare moment where Balloon Party experienced compliments, I was alarmed by it. I was uncomfortable with it. Uh, people said, why don't you do deep dives once a week? Tomorrow is our last show of 2022. Yeah. We have a gala planned. Yeah. Yeah. Black tie event coming in here. That's right. And uh, we'll have all of our favorites come in and just tell us how great we are. That's correct. It's been my business model for two decades. But today, today I uh, I will go deep diving. Now, I have, of course I have, this Lil Piddles. Ooh, what do they call it? Uh, knee-jerk reaction summit? <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, so I will, I, I'm willing to, to, to do that and also a deep dive. And then we get to talk it over with Panger. Love talking it over with Panger. Where's he today? Usually on Wednesdays, he's TNTing. Uh, he said, he texted me where he was. I can't Well, Jamie remember. Rivers was on the call last night, though. Right, right. So uh, he, so Panger didn't It was a TNT thing. TL. Yeah. Um, he did not tell me where he is. I'm sorry about that. Oh, so he does not want you to know where he is. Yeah, maybe he is. Very suspect. You suspect. Oh, this is one of those things where I'm opening up my email and I have to get a phone call from Microsoft. Sweet <laughs> mother of mercy. Do you have the little piddles, whatever the hell you're calling it? Oh, thing? the knee-jerk reaction summit. Sure. Yeah, of So course. in this case, now the audience absolutely knows that I have not seen this today. Sure. So uh, my first I can't question. get into my damn email. Text uh, in 65780 with your deep dive request. I'll go into anything. John Mosellock saying that he wouldn't be shocked if Jordan Walker was a starting right fielder on opening day. 
What do you want me to do with it? React. <laughs> name of the game here. What, like scream? Do that thing? It's kind of whatever comes on your mind. Okay, fair enough. All right, so it's a, this is an open-ended... Yeah, what that knee-jerk, brother. Uh, yeah, I kind of expect it at this point. Right. With the world baseball So it'd be, it'd be weird if he said otherwise. I don't know what... I Like I said yesterday when you asked me about the Cardinal offseason, I'm confused. But I still think that they're not done, but I just don't think this is the way that it all... I don't think this is what they expected to play out. And... I'm not doing a compare and contrast to the 2016 and to the 2017 offseason just because they have signed a former Cub in free agency. But in both cases, it is my opinion on Contreras, and I guess I can't say factually on Fowler, but from a comfort level of a very good source, I do not believe they went into the offseason planning on signing Dexter Fowler. I believe they went into that offseason wanting to trade for Adam Eaton, uh, kind of like they had, I, I think if you're ranking the Marlins outfielders when they acquired Ozuna, it was either Stanton or Yelich. It might have been Yelich, actually, more so, um, and then Ozuna. So the reason why I circle back to that is it concerns me when the plan does not go the way they thought it was going to go, and then it's now late December, and you're going, oh, boy. And then, by the way, I'm curious how the audience feels on this with what the Mets are doing and then to a lesser extent, even though it's still huge, what other teams in the National League are doing. Two of them played for the National League pennant two months ago. I mean, are these are the Cardinals even playing for anything outside of? Yeah, I mean, it's like you win the Big 12 in football or something (laughs) like that. Okay, now, okay, you get to you get to go to the college football playoff, but have fun getting, you know, pounded by. Georgia, Ohio State, or Michigan. You know, I mean, that's kind of, that's not to disrespect TCU. It's just like clearly it's going to take a mathematical outlier for TCU to win the national championship. Right. If I gave you even the same number, whatever, plus 400 on TCU or Ohio State to win the national championship, who are you taking? Ohio State. Right. And, and now it's when I look at, sure, the Cardinals are favorites to win the National League Central. But how many people in good faith would take them over even three or four other teams to win the National League? You see what I'm saying? 100%. This is this is at another level. I feel like Major League Baseball is heading down the path of college football where it's just anarchy. Yeah. And and what what are the Cardinals to do? I mean, we heard Doug say the ridiculous number the Mets have spent in free agency this year. I think it was $860 maybe million. The Cardinals aren't going to do that. Most baseball teams aren't going to do that. So it's like, how do you even compete? Same thing with like college football. How do you gonna if you can't get the recruits? How can you compete? Yeah, I was looking at the recruiting class rankings yesterday. I you don't even need to look. You know who to guess. The yeah. only one that was a surprise was like, oh, Miami, number three, instead yeah. of take your pick of whatever blue blood. But yeah. guess who was one? Guess who was two? Alabama, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Round and round we go, and that's fine. I enjoy dynasties, but baseball. You know, we were talking about this two decades ago with the Yankees and Red Sox, and, and now though, it's at another level. I mean, the Mets are just—they got everybody. Yeah, it's—it's unbelievable. Like, like a guy the Cardinals would love to have had. I think the Cardinals would have loved to have had in Quintana. He's like sixth on the list of people they've brought in this year. I know. You know, I think the Cardinals are really gonna regret not bringing back Quintana. I think that was a, a mistake. I don't know what. I still think that something happened that they didn't expect to happen. 
and that is why they're in the spot they're in. But I could be off the mark. What else you have in this this thing that we're doing? Uh, the, the second question is you already kind of answered. Does this Blues performance concern you? So no, it no. does not. So I'll just keep moving on. You no, make right. the spread for the Bragging Rights game. You create the spread. You know what? I, I I'll, I'll make one, but I. This is the, the the first time in the in God what a storied year it's been in Balloon Party where I'm going to yield to you on b- thinking that your answer will be better than mine first time ever because I think you know a hell of a lot more about the situation. I would say Illinois by six and a half. I was gonna say five and a half. Okay, it makes me feel like I'm in the ballpark. Then. Five and a half. I'm kind of basing that off of what they gave the KU spread. Now, granted, that was at Mizzou Arena, and this is gonna be a split arena. But, uh, yeah, I think five and a half or six and a half. It'll be in that ballpark. I would be shocked if it was double digits. I'd be shocked if it was as low as the Kansas game. So somewhere in between there is what I think it'll be. I think it'll be a fun game. I'm I'm looking forward to it. We're all going to be snowed in or winded in or whatever the hell it's going to be over the next 48 hours. And you know what? Perfect. It's Gasparilla Bowl time. Woo! What? Coming for you, Demon Deacons. I'm going to try to trudge to get to that bragging rights game. We'll it, see what happens. Oh, you are going to go. I mean, Who are you I going have with? Uh, my buddy, my buddy Pete and his brother. How come on TMA? He's private citizen Pete, but here you button it up and you just call him Pete. I just, I, I don't want to. It's going to have a long explanation to it. He's just a private citizen. He's a private man. He's Pete. He's my buddy. I hope the texters jump all over this. My roommate in college. Good guy and uh, big Mizzou Tiger. I assume fan. you're going with Marsh. Marsh won't be there, oh, to my knowledge. To my knowledge, you won't be going with me. But um, yeah, we're gonna try to get there. But I don't know how. I mean, with the wind and the snow you coming down, you feel like the vehicle may may blow off the road. Well, you can Uber, but then you're you know that trust, vehicle may blow off. You're the road. trusting someone else who you don't know to take you there safely. And then if you do go there, you have to park. And do you then, think it's gonna be empty when we're watching this on television? I don't know what's gonna happen. I I mean, so much is up in the air because weather is not an exact science. But I I just don't know. Like. I hope to go. I really want to go. It's my favorite sporting event of the year. But does Private Peter have a dog sled? Piddles. That's from the five seven three. Yeah, might have to invest. They want to have a couple dogs they could lend us to get us there. If I'm the only one there, that's fine. I could get better seats. Tim Marshy is going to be so jealous of Peter. Six three six. I don't know how locked in Marsh is on Mizzou athletics. To be honest, he's Oriole focused on the Vikings. Yeah, he is. Skull. Uh, do we have another question for this nitwit hour? Yeah. What do we got? Can the Eagles still be successful without Jalen Hurts? No. The okay. answer is no. Okay. Uh, Gardner Minshew, <laughs> who I watched speak yesterday at the Mike Leach Memorial. Oh, I'm going, yeah. boy, you're starting for the Eagles here in a handful of days. What a nice gesture to come to Starkville, where you did not play. Right. Played at Washington State. He goes, you know, I didn't really know Coach that well. I knew him for a few months. I'm like, wow, this is an endearing <laughs> eulogy. You know, but... Um, he uh, he is the quarterback, and I just don't I just don't see them doing it without Jalen Hurts. I mean, yeah. who's who's the, who's the NFL MVP at the moment? Is it Hurts? It's either yeah, Hurts or Justin Jefferson. Uh, they yeah. don't usually give it to wide receivers; they almost always give it to quarterbacks. But uh, if Hurts kind of falls off, there's a chance Justin Jefferson, if he can keep up the production he's doing, I mean, he'd be a good candidate. I'd like to see it. I liked it. Kind of some parody in that. What is he on your fantasy team or something? No, I, I wish. Be see a if you can trade position. for him real quick. Yeah, yeah. See if the commissioners can just lift. Hey, BK, you mind lifting that trade deadline so I can get Justin Jefferson? <laughs> Why don't you invite T-Bone tomorrow? He's a big Illini fan. Is he not high class enough, you smug-ass clown? That's from the 618. Are we giving away text of the day, like a holiday text of the day? We, I mean, we can just, like, say, we like, oh, I'll Venmo this guy $3. Yeah, there you go. No, I didn't, I know Terrence ILL. 
And uh, you'll probably be disappointed after uh, Thursday's affairs. Is that right? Well, you know, optimism only. All right, fair enough. It's optimism week it's for little piddles. <laughs> I have to. It's my only. It's the only way I can stay sane. Do you have another question, or are yeah. you just going to get distracted by the text inbox attacking you, which I saw happen momentarily? Well, I'm going to I'm going to bypass this last question. Oh, what was the last question? I was going to ask you to set a projected win total for the Cardinals in 2023. Um, mm, the answer to that is 88. Yeah, I was going to say 87. Uh, put them in another vision. The answer is 81. Yeah, right. Um, but I, I'm going to switch it up for both clock management purposes and uh, for festive purposes. Oh, wow. And, you know, feel free to rip me for it, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Thoughts on eggnog? And now Balloon Party has come full circle. The first episode in which you asked me which kind of condiment I would like to be. (laughs) Stunning moment in my radio career. And I assure you there have been many. uh, To we wrap up the year with what's my opinion on eggnog? Yeah. Full circle. Uh, You know, I enjoy nog. I don't get a chance to have it as much as I'd like. Uh, is it nutmeg you put in there? Is that what you put in Cinnamon there? Cinnamon or nutmeg? Is that right? I think both, maybe. Oh, both of them. Yeah, both why of them not? is really having a party. Spices is nice. Um, the gentleman has just entered the studio. I assume this is HR saying, <laughs> that'll do it, boys. <laughs> this is the new part. Wrap it up. <laughs> this is Thank your, you for your year. This is your co host. Back to AM you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jackson, it's a great question. Thought provoking. It's a shame I don't have as much time as I'd like to, to tend to it. But uh, sure, if you're saying, do you, do you drink the nog or do you pass on the nog? I'll have the nog. Uh, please sprinkle in some nutmeg and or cinnamon. Nice. That's that's the Great perfect question. answer I was looking for. I hope I delivered for this quarter hour. Yeah, I never had eggnog, so I can't really answer Oh, is that right? It. Yeah, I never had it. Why are you anti-nog, bro? No, I've never been offered, honestly. Oh, my God. I'm I just feel like I should offer you some nog. I'm, I f- just anybody could offer me some nog. Oh, my gosh. I'd You've love to try it. I'd love to try it. It's, it's like milk, isn't it? Like sweet milk? Yeah, I think that's a nice... All right. Yeah, I think I, I like milk. Yeah, I like sweet things. Or, I'm a sweet guy. Uh, right. 65780. Uh, your deep dive requests. I'll take a look at those during the commercial break. Darren Pang is going to be with us from wherever he is. It's a secret location today. And uh, we also will take your mic drops on the 101 ESPN app. This program is called Balloon Party, and it airs on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you. Second to last show, the penultimate yeah, edition this is of the penultimate. the penultimate edition of Balloon Party here on 101 ESPN. Uh, and Randy Carricker and Carrie Davis. I got to tell you, I think this is the greatest gift I've ever given. We won't be on next week, and Randy Carricker and Kerry Davis will be on. Outstanding. They're yeah. the best. They're you can't the put really. a dollar value on that. For real. They're the best. Look at that. Look at you. I, I talked with Randy this morning about they interviewed Dennis Gates yesterday. It was a great interview. They got Kerry to say Z-O-U in response to M-I-Z. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, oh. And I really enjoyed it. stunning development. And I told him how much I enjoyed it. I told him thank you for filling in for us next week. How about that? And he's just so appreciative. Both Randy, Carrie, and of course, Rand, Matt Randy's Rockio. appreciative of the opportunity to do the show. Is that what you're no, saying? No, they're just great guys. They're just really great guys. They are. Yeah. We're really. bad guys, I've decided. Yeah, we are the black sheep of this organization. <laughs> I've decided that that is indeed the case. All right, we've got, I've got some deep dive requests. When I say deep dive, I, maybe I should be more specific. Like last week, the deep dive, and I don't even know how it came to fruition. Oh, somebody asked, is there anything that St. Louis could have done? to keep the Rams. And then I went back through some of the timeline on the things that I experienced firsthand, not the things that everybody knows, but the things that I experienced firsthand that were really, uh, I guess, cloak and dagger, kind of 
you know, I, scummy. That was the word I used, and I and that's the word that came to mind again here a week later. So I'm talking about things that have occurred. Now, wh- one of the things that I've seen pop up is, Tim, can you do a deep dive on how it makes more sense for the Blues to move on from O'Reilly and Tarasenko than try to get a playoff spot? And as I oftentimes say, the nature of Sports Talk Radio, not in St. Louis specifically, but across the board, I'm sure globally, I'm sure Parisian Sports Talk Radio is just a hotbed of World Cup takes right now. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, you get you can be a prisoner of the moment. So had the Blues won last night, perhaps I don't get that that question. Sure. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Because then it's like, oh, five in a row, and now they're just a what, point back. Now, with that said, they are in a tough spot big picture so it does strike me that the organization is at its most pointed fork in the road since the stanley cup run and that's an obvious statement but it might be for the first time in a real long time where they might have to move on and so what takes place here over the next oh what do we got here month plus with the trade deadline is defining. And that is why this road trip truly was super important. I know they're coming off a loss last night, rather lackluster defensive issues. You know, Pareko gets a goal, wonderful. No Cairo after the hit at the end of the game against Vancouver the night before. And you sit there and you go, oh, that's disappointing. But they have picked up three of four wins, six of eight points. See if they can beat Vegas there on Friday and then head back. It, and that'll, that'll perhaps frame the decision from a fan standpoint. But my guess is from a management standpoint and also from an ownership standpoint, it's not limited to what just took place last night and what will take place Friday against the Golden Knights. This is a this is a salary cap situation, and this is, I would imagine, an allocation of probability for a realistic deep run. And therefore, from that standpoint, it strikes me at this moment, December 21st, 2022, Jackson, it's 1023 in the morning as I say it, mm-hmm. that it would make sense to move on mm-hmm. it would make sense to move on right. we do not do business emotionally here can't, on balloon party can't do it emotionally and it will be tough from an emotional standpoint and it might not be popular either but they are stuck and they're in a rough spot because the fix isn't a move away i suppose the one last bullet is what can you do in the first five or six months of 2023 should you get to six months of 2023 and only two teams do but that that then it's going okay well then it's you're turning the page in some capacity and they just have a real issue um defensively and they have a real issue with who's going to be uh playing center yeah and they have committed in, 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 in a league in which usually you have a 1A and 1B tandem goaltending. They really have a 1 and a 2. And it's just going to be, from my standpoint, tough to keep the momentum the organization has had for a number of years going with the current situation and the cap only going, going up $1 million. And so... If, if a team, because I feel like the Cardinals were this in 16, 17, and 18. They were kind of middle of the road. And you go, yeah, it's not going to happen. And I was advocating. I said, I get why they're not going to sell. I also get why they're not going to buy because they're really, we're just kind of a middle of the road team. 
But what has happened here, and we've seen it in the NHL quite a bit, the Blues fell victim to an eight seed in 2000. Now, that Sharks team didn't go on to win the Cup, but they did lose to an eight seed in 2012, and the Kings that went on to win a Stanley Cup. And so you sit there and go, well, look what happened just a couple months ago. The Phillies, the one team you said couldn't win the World Series, were in the mix to win the World Series when they were playing in the World Series. So teams can get hot and just go on a tear. And I was, uh, I can't recall who tweeted it out yesterday, uh, an HL writer who said, here's my prediction for you. Both the Senators and the Blues get hot and they both make it to the playoffs. And people are like, well, yeah, of course the Blues, they're only a couple points back. The Senators, I don't know about that. So getting to the playoffs is one thing. Actually being a team that can make a run is a different thing. And if you're going to weigh the probabilities of that versus what is inevitably going to have to happen, I feel like the logic is, even though emotionally it might be difficult, and it will not be popular that it is better to move on because the problems that the team have are bigger than just 2022-2023. I think most people who are Blues fans feel that way, but inevitably, if you're parting ways with a longtime forward and Tarasenko and the captain who won the Con Smythe, the cup team, and that happens in a matter of a few days... And the team also could kind of be lurking around a playoff berth, just like they were with Stastny and, and moved on in the, the year they, they missed out on the playoffs the, on the final uh, night of the season. I, you can understand how unpopular that's going to be. But I am an advocate of doing what is in the best interests of the team long term if short term a championship is incredibly improbable. The weird thing that we have in St. Louis that I feel like most cities do not have is all three of the championships that we have seen, 2006, 2011, and 2019, either a few weeks before they happened or a few months before they happened, were absurdly unlikely. Right. right. The Blues run in 2019, if you would have said that on January 1st, people look like you're crazy. Yep. The Cardinals run, if you would have looked at mid-August and say, yeah, the Cardinals are going to win a World Series. We know what? And then 2006, they looked like they weren't even going to make it into the playoffs right. as they were falling apart. And so, therefore, understandably, fans, who will be the ones reacting, and, and again, I get it, pissed off, will go, I mean, this is a team that's in the mix for a playoff spot. How can you pull the plug? But I think that that is something that Doug Armstrong, who is, you know, cold-hearted, which I like, um, will, unless this team just picks it up and lays it down, is going to have to make those moves. And that's that's what I would guess will wind up taking place when the trade deadline arrives. Your thoughts are welcome. 65780-65780. Darren Pang will join us. We have, we have located the state he is in, but we don't know its city. Right. We, we know he's in the great state of Florida, mm. but we're not sure if he's in Sunrise or Tampa. And I'll ask him. Okay. Could be in Destin. Could be. Yeah, could be taking a little, little drive up to Destin. Probably, what, five, six hours from Tampa? I think that's probably right. Yeah. I think that's probably right. Yeah, if he's going from Sunrise, we're looking at like eight hours. Eight uh, or nine. I'll take the over Yeah, on nine, maybe even closer to ten. Weather down in Florida. Yeah, there's some weather. It might slow him down a little bit. We'll find out. That's going to be the fun thing. We're going to play Where in the World? Where in Florida is Darren Pang? <laughs> yep. Coming up next, he joins us here. This is Balloon Party 101 Right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to talk blues hockey with Darren Pang. Holy jump and wow. what a save. Oh my. Refreshed by Urban Chestnut Brewing Company and their Urban Underdog Lager. Prost. 
Welcome back. This is 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan alongside the great Jackson Burkett, who gave you an update on that Knicks-Warriors game uh, you wanted a, a recap on. So that was huge for us. It's a nationally televised game. Uh, Sharon is not happy with the show. Sharon, uh, you are in a long line. Uh, she says, uh, guys, Panger literally tweeted from Fort Lauderdale earlier this morning. It's not that hard. That's from Sharon. Well, I can't read Twitter. I mean, I can't be bothered to do that. I'm busy. What are you busy doing? Hitting buttons. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome to the program on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line every Wednesday here on Balloon Party, the great Darren Pang. Good morning, Panger. Well, good morning, Tim. How are you this morning? I am wonderful. How are you? Fine, sir. I'm doing fantastic. I uh, I did fly in from uh, uh, kind of snowy, cold, blustery Vancouver, British Columbia, right into Miami. Wow. That's got to be about six and a half hours, seven hours. I could have gone to Ireland, landed, played 36 holes at Royal <laughs> County Down, got on the plane and had a nice cold urban underdog, and come back by the time I got there. My goodness. That, I mean, yeah, you're, you're I going from the opposite that. ends of our continent to cover yeah. these games. Yeah, it was, but it was, it, was, it was one of those private jets with 220 of my, my best friends oh, on it. Oh, wow. Wow, very nice. A nice 220-person private it jet. It was called yeah, Air Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was called Air Canada. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's always good to talk it over with you. And uh, your questions for Darren Panger, welcome at 65780. Uh, you were on the call tonight. Panthers in action on TNT. Blues losing last night, halting the winning streak. I would imagine it's got to be tough. Take, take the Blues out of the equation for any team to have a game going back Sunday, Monday, then Friday, Saturday, then Monday, Tuesday. I just, it's a lot. I know some fans don't want to hear that, and I understand it. I'm not dismissing it, and people aren't happy with the performance against a surprisingly successful in the early going Kraken team. But I would imagine that's got to be difficult. Yeah, it was because they also, there was also a lot of travel delays just getting into Seattle. The, uh, the weather in Van was uh, not unprecedented, but I mean, they, they don't, they, they don't get that much snow that stays there. They don't, the, the conditions were awful. Even getting to the airport from downtown, it was taking people an hour and a half, two hours uh, just to get there. And it was uh, so by the time they got to the plane and they sat in the DIC uh, and got into Seattle, yeah, it was the early parts of the morning. Then you get to your hotel and, and then you, you put on the gear and you've got a game to play in. Um, and then they find out the news that Jordan Cairo, you know, after that hit that he took from Kyle Burroughs in the Vancouver game. And, uh, you know, there, there's, there is a letdown. Like, you know, a kid scores three goals. He has an assist. He's he's on fire. Yeah. Uh, that whole line has been clicking, Tim. You know, it's like you and you and Jackson on the air it together. Is. You know, been, we've been comparing. You need, yeah, you just need one winger. So what happens is you lost your winger, and that'd be, you know, that that this show would be odd. The show would be off. Yeah, it might so be I, good. <laughs> <laughs> or it might be good. Or it might be the best show ever. Maybe oh, my God. show. You never know. Yeah. Well, I think we're already in the running for the latter. But uh, Craig Bruby said that the uh, that he didn't think that the hit was dirty. It was just it kind of caught Cairo off guard, shoulder to shoulder, uh, in an unfortunate way to end that night, considering the hat trick and the way the Blues were, were playing and the carryover effect. Uh, what did you think of it? Yeah. I, agree, I totally agree with his assessment. I, that was a shoulder-to-shoulder hit, and I was trying to describe it on the air that, you know, that the glass, you know, where the boards are, you know, maybe back in the day, maybe the glass was a little bit farther away, so that you had maybe six to eight, maybe ten inches, I don't know, but, you know, the, the glass is now kind of halfway through that the boards. Once you hit your shoulder, 
you know, you try to brace yourself. I mean, your head's going to take the impact, yeah. and that's exactly what happened. So it's, I think it's one of those, you know, one of those plays that I, I don't know if it's pre- pre- preventable, but I know from Kyle Burris' point of view, it, it was not a bad hit. There was nothing malicious about it whatsoever. Just a really bad break for Jordan Cairo, and you know, maybe he can. Yeah, anybody can work on on tucking tucking in a little bit more. I don't I don't even know. I'm not tall enough. I I wouldn't have been able to hit the glass with my head. I would have probably my head would hit the board right into the boards. But, uh, yeah, we both would have gone yeah, right into the boards. Like you, because you're so much <laughs> Jackson time. checks yeah, us and we're right into the boards. No chance, none whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, during that four game winning streak, certainly the the one nothing game to uh, to Nashville, uh, the win being a bit of an outlier. But they were scoring some goals and you're getting performance from the guys who are getting a lot of criticism after the big deals in the off season with Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. So specific to those guys, what did you see during the winning streak that was uh, working for them and for the Blues? And then overall, uh, the PK got in line after uh, some weeks of problems there. Uh, so identify, if you would, what you saw working for, for Cairo and Robert Thomas and then also the Blues with the penalty kill. Well, you know what? I, I, I think number one is, is uh, Ivan Barbashev. I, I mean, you know, three straight games together. Um, I think the coaching staff have finally, at this particular point, after you know this many games, is is is, is finding the, the the right balance with 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 the line combinations. You know, you you can't have a left winger on the line with Cairo and Thomas if that left winger isn't going to support you defensively. If he's not going to be tenacious yeah. or hard on puck or be able to skate, it does not work because they're two guys that will take chances. They they'll they'll. They'll seem passes when when they can get picked off. They'll they're reluctant to get pucks in deep. They they play a very creative game, and when it's working, it's unbelievable. If it's off a little bit, um, and in fact, I thought the game against Calgary um, and maybe the early parts of the Vancouver game, uh, I thought Robert Thomas was trying to really force passes through the middle of the ice where there was nothing there. But he's so good at it when it happens, it's brilliant. Um, but when it doesn't happen, as it didn't for two games row early on. There was Ivan Barbashev, you know, uh, you know, whether he's a third man high or on the backside pressure, breaking up plays, and then they can get up and, and move the puck up the ice and get going again and give themselves another chance. So I think that, that's been a big key when you talk about Cairo and Thomas. And also, I think there was a little bit of, um, oh, let me, let me think. I, I think a real honest conversation that several players had to have with one another. And, and, and uh, you know, I give Braden Shen a lot of credit. Um, he had Cairo on his line for probably seven games, and in that time, he was tough on, on, uh, on Jordan. I mean, and I, you know, I don't mean um, ridiculous tough. I, I, mean, I mean just honest. Like, this is what you got to do. This is what we've got to do. I mean, we're, we're struggling right now, and you're a big part of it, and, and you've got to play better hockey in all aspects of the game. And, and I, so I give Braden Shen credit. I give Ivan Barbashev credit, and then, you know, having Josh Levo with um, with Ryan O'Reilly and keeping him there, and then Brandon Sod's game's really, uh, I think it's been really, really good. And you mentioned the PK. He and Barbashev are, are the two best on the Blues for me on the PK, and I think putting them together and seeing them the way breakup plays and the way they skate together and read off one another has been um, I think that's been instrumental in the Blues' turnaround here. Yeah, four-game winning streak coming to an end, but still overall something to take from getting three or yeah, four well, so you, far here you, on, you on know, the trip. Tim, you go, yeah, you go into Edmonton and you, you win back-to-back on, on consecutive nights in, in, in Alberta. It hasn't happened since, what was the date, 1984 or something like that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not easy to do. And so, yeah, they're, they're rolling. So they lose against Seattle. Well, now it's now the key is getting yourself right back 
on the horse again. You, you can't go and lose five or six in a row and lose all the momentum that you gain. You've got to really, you've got to get right back on the rails here you, and, and, and come out against Vegas, a team that they play very well against. And, uh, with, you know, you win the game, you got a long flight home, you get home to your family, uh, your wives, your kids, they've been without you now for what, 10 days. It's a long time before the playoffs. Now you want to go home in a good spirit and, and then get ready for the 27th with the Maple Leafs coming to town. Yeah, it'd be so nice to finish strong against uh, Las Vegas. Final question. You're on the call of the Panthers and the uh, the Devils tonight. And I, I'm sure some Blues fans are like, man, this is absurd what has gone on with the Blues' various winning and losing streaks this year. I don't know if anybody has had a more strange one, though, than the Devils. Because between October 25th and November 25th, they lost one game. They won 13 in a row. But yet here we are, as you're getting ready to do this game tonight, they haven't won a game since December 6th. They're in a six-game losing streak. So a team that a few weeks ago was in the midst of a 13-game winning streak now is in a six-game losing streak. We've seen streaks all over the NHL. We saw Boston and former Blues coach Jim Montgomery have one going on. They were on a heater themselves. Any, anything to explain all the streaks we're seeing around the league? As long as Jackson's not streaking somewhere, I'll, I'll be fine with talking about this conversation. Thank you. Okay? He is not at the moment, but he will be running up and down the hallway uh, briefly. I guess I'll put my clothes back okay. on. <clears throat> okay. Well, I would have to say that, I mean, Calgary's a team that was, you know, expected to be real strong early on the year, even though they lost Goudreau and, and Kachuk, and, and they've been mired in inconsistency and haven't found their game. St. Louis is another good example of that. Uh, I'd say Minnesota and Nashville – um, you, you mentioned, I, I would say, Florida Panthers are another team, but they, they've they really been hit hard with some injuries of, you know, extended period of times, and that's hurt their consistency. But, uh, you know, I, I think that the Devils, Tim, they're, they're so interesting. They put all those points in the bank. Uh, they're a light, fast team. I mean, they just go, 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 and they've got motors that don't quit. And, and I think when that you know, when that happens and you're winning, you're playing that kind of fast game and you're and you're pounding on teams that are veteran teams that want to play a heavy game, you know, they, I mean, eventually you're going to get knocked in the nose a little bit. And I, I think that's what happened. I think the last game they played against Florida two games ago, um, I'm not saying they got intimidated, but I think the bigger players of the Florida Panthers, especially after Barkov got injured from Heesher, they, they just, they basically didn't play the same way. And they, they, they got on their heels a little bit, and I think that's what teams are going to start doing to them. And if there's not, if they're not going to push back, then you've got to get in their face a lot more, and you've got to interfere with them a little bit more, and, and get in their lanes and bump them and frustrate them, because they're a highly skilled team. But I think more importantly, we're going to debut Panger Vision tonight on oh, wow. TNT. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be um, probably award winning. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it's going to be a small camera right on my right on my uh, headset from between the benches. So um, I'll try to give you a shout out, Tim, if I can tonight. Uh, I will. I'll give you a hundred to one on that. I'll give you a hundred to one on that occurring. (laughs) Well, that's going to be, what if I just mention a balloon? If I mention balloon. Then I'll know you're talking to me. It's kind of like a wink and a smile to this one hour piece of magic on 101 ESPN. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Brendan Burke's doing play by play. So if I mention balloon and he says party. (laughs) We'll count it. We're going to count that. 100%. That's the way. Yeah, that that's the way. And and by the way, Panger, uh, I've gotten plenty of hockey questions in the text inbox, but the one that I did get that I that I'm going to actually ask is where is Panger teeing it up today? I think you're heading up the coast. You're going to play at Seminole, and then you'll head back down to Sunrise. That's what oh, I think's happening. I, I would love to do that, but uh, you know what? 
that bet is going to be lost. There's going to be no golf today for me. No. Rats. Yeah, that's that's a sad day. It's a sad day. I might just go back to my room uh, right on the beach in Fort Lauderdale and, and cry. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to hear that. Well, I know. look forward I... to our, sh- our shout out. And, uh, <laughs> and, and and Jackson, when he says balloon, that was a wink and a nod to this program. Yep. Yeah. Can't wait. Brendan Burke with party, you say. Brendan's in my car right now. Party. Party. Okay, he's got it. He's that got counts. That counts. By, by definition, it counts. Already. Panger, uh, thank you so much. Seasons greetings. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Always great to talk with you. And uh, enjoy Florida while you're there, sir. That sounds awfully good. You guys, uh, Jackson, take care. Um, hopefully those uh, Santa Claus comes down the chimney with a lot of care and gives you a nice little gift. Okay, Jackson? Yeah, I'll have the, All the cookies again. out. Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Panger. There he is, uh, Darren Pang with us here on 101 ESPN, and he's going to give us a shout-out tonight, so that's huge. That's outstanding. What a, what a huge branding opportunity for this show. Yeah, yeah. the problem is people might come and like listen and be like, oh, what is this? Yeah, maybe it's better if they don't know yeah, about it. we don't want to draw attention to ourselves. Uh, so we appreciate Darren Pang. You miss anything here? Dobbs Tire and Auto Center podcast. We'll take a commercial break. Final segment of the day coming up next, and BK and Ferrari at 11 o'clock. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. Final segment of Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you in the penultimate edition of Balloon Party for 2020. Two, you are welcome to communicate with us at 65780 Air Comfort Service text line. Darren Pang joined us in the previous segment from Florida, uh, where he will be on the call of the Panthers and Devils tonight on TNT. If you miss anything, Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast. Jackson, what's going on? I feel like you're anxious. You want to say something? No, Go I... ahead. And whatever's on your mind. You're what? a sweet prince of a man. You said penultimate. And I love the word penultimate. Mm. Uh, for those who don't know, second to last. Oh, talk down to the audience. Well, I, you know, I just try to inform everybody. And I was just thinking, like, my favorite penultimate episodes of TV shows. And I thought immediately to Game of Thrones, which was the worst episode of TV, was the penultimate episode. Oh, okay. That was the episode where... You couldn't spoilers. see anything? No, that, that, was, that was a great one, too. Where Daenerys just burns half of King's Landing. And that episode I hated. But they were Game of Thrones is so good at penultimate season episodes. That's where like the Red Wedding comes from, and uh, all the other like best episodes. I would tell you that penultimate games of World Series are better oftentimes than the Game Sevens themselves. Mm. Thoughts, game reactions six of twenty eleven. Jackson Tyson Jordan, Jordan game, game six. six ball so hard got a broke clock. But that was twenty eleven. Also, you can think of nineteen seventy five. Carlton Fisk. How do you do? Why are you looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about? I'm trying about. to think what's going on what was happening in 19... 19- oh, uh, when he uh, he hit the home run, he was waving his arms. He was I mean, for a guy arms. who fancies himself and lets everybody know that he's a film aficionado, I mean, that... Goodwill that, hunting. That, Goodwill hunting. Thank yeah. you. You're disappointed in yourself now. I am. What I about am. Jesus Shuttlesworth, 2013? Ah, yes. Corner. Bang! Thank you. Mike Breen. Thank you. Brought us that one. Yeah, that was a great game six. Yeah, the penultimate often is better than the... I'm telling you. Yeah, that's interesting. Game 6, 2004 NLCS, Jim Edmonds, walk-off. How do you do? Fine, thank you. You were at that game, correct? I was. It was the first time I had ever felt the old Bush Stadium. What is the old Bush Stadium to me? Bush Stadium 2. Shake when that ball went out. Wow, that's awesome. And then the next night, I felt it for the second time when Scott Rowland went yard off of Roger Clemens 
in the sixth inning. Wow. How do you do? More that was 24 hours of baseball in St. Louis. That's here, a question I have. Okay, I'm taking questions. So for some years, the NL Central had six teams. That's correct. While all the other, like, did one division only have four? That's correct. The American League West. That's wild to me. Uh, it was. I. It struck me as odd as well. That's, honestly, like, why would that? Like, that just makes no sense. Why it they would have stands to me to be rather unfair. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? Like, and sound. Oh, they've rewarded those franchises by allowing only two to compete every year now. <laughs> right, it's a rule now. Yeah. NL Central. During just, the 2000s, you had to beat five teams to win the division. Now you have to beat one. <laughs> right. Just, While the Pirates it. decide to continue to take the 20th and 21st century off. Yeah, I wonder what the Cardinals' history would be like had the Astros not been been in the AL West all along and not in the NL Central. Because those, I mean, like obviously those mid-2000s Astros teams were great. Pitching yeah, it was, staff it was, a great, it was a great rivalry. Those yeah. were fun games. I was sure. at all those games in Houston. I was at the games in Houston in 2005 also, in which I walked out in the eighth inning after Lance Berkman had <laughs> a home run that would not have been a home run at Afton Athletic Association, <laughs> but he flipped his bat to the opposite field like Tony Gwynn, and it went out. <laughs> Of the Crawford boxes, and I was on tilt, and I left because I was so pissy, even though I was nearly 30 years old, completely immature, <laughs> and I missed Albert Pools hitting a home run off of Brad Lidge because I was grumpy <laughs> and walking down the street to my hotel. Listen, you're entitled to be grumpy. What a batch. What an absolute <laughs> batch. Uh, yeah, what other questions do you have? Your mind seems like it was twirling. You gave us the Knicks-Warriors update. I know right. everybody was happy based on the text I see. Right. Uh, I guess uh, kind of like... You know, we get, uh, of course, bragging right games tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We got the Gasparilla Bowl on Friday. Yeah, that's been circled for a while. And then NFL action Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Yeah, Christmas Eve, Christmas, Monday. And please don't forget about the Jets and Jaguars tomorrow as Al Michaels continues to be tortured by the scheduling for Amazon, wondering <laughs> why he agreed to this deal. So my, I guess my question is, what day of sports viewing are you most excited for? Well, I mean, the Gasparilla Bowl is obviously one. <laughs> so you take that out of the equation, and the Jets and Jaguars certainly is exciting. But I'll probably be watching the Bragging Rights game over it, even though I'll probably have 50 Daily Fantasy Sports lineups <laughs> going for that game. And then Christmas Eve. I mean, this is my my son's first Christmas. Oh so, yeah. I mean, I'll be yeah. I'll be I'll be locked in for Christmas Eve and Christmas. I'm just, I, I love this time of year. It's a yeah. relaxing time of year. Ideally, the weather isn't too bad in the area, so people don't have power right. outages and so on and so forth, and people are able to travel. But I love that people just kind of unplug and, for the most part, are just, you know, cool. and Everything's, everything's good for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's why growing up, Bragging Rights game, and still to this day, is my favorite sporting event of because the year. Because it's the start of the holiday season. Exactly. Not only is it, like, it's such a great atmosphere to be in when you have a split arena like that, and usually the game is good. And then uh, you, it's the beginning of the holidays. You have immediately following after that, like, days off of, in the past, school or now work, and everyone's just kind of with, together with their families. It's really a wonderful time of year. And I think the Bragging Rights game is kind of the catalyst to all of it. Right, and in, uh, in Ladue, everybody would go down to St. Bart's during that week, I think. St. Bart's, St. Martin's, yeah. Right, so uh, yeah, so that was nice. You'd always in that fly private. Right. But uh, the thing about you and the Bragging Rights game is you've never really experienced it when it was great. I mean, that's the thing. I've been to a couple really, really good I'm ones. talking about when both teams were great. Yeah. I can recall, as I'm sure some of the listeners who can recall the 1980s, where I think like the 89 Illinois team that went to the Final Four, and the 94 Missouri team that went undefeated in the Big Eight. 
the year that they went undefeated in the Big Eight, that season was really started by that triple overtime bragging rights win, right. which is famous for those who were around. Kiwan Garris missing three free throws, and that one game went to triple overtime, double overtime, Missouri won it, and then they went undefeated in the Big Eight, wound up losing Arizona in the Elite Eight with Melvin Booker. 1989, Illinois, I think, was one. Missouri was three. It just hasn't had that. Yeah. I think... I think it's trending in the right direction for both, though, and I'm looking forward to it tomorrow, more so than I have in a while. So yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad you're hopefully going to be able to go there, weather notwithstanding. For sure. I, the 2012 one, uh, the year, the winter after the unfortunate Norfolk State game, was an awesome one. I remember that one vividly. Lawrence Bowers had a great game. And then four years later, I went to the worst bragging rights game of all time, 2016, uh, final year of Kim Anderson, the worst Mizzou team I've seen in a long time, bad Illinois team. And the building was like half empty. Oh wow! Yeah, that one really stunk. So it's, I'm glad in the years past since then, it's been at least one or both teams are very good. Well, we'll see. How, I'm anxious to see how it plays out tomorrow with the weather. And if people, yeah, are, man, I would, I, I, I want to go, but I'm not going to mess with this uh, stuff. Uh, all right, uh, penultimate in, episode is in the books. We'll be back tomorrow. And uh, BK and Ferrari are up next for Extra Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.